0: In John 14, our text down here in verse uh, 21, I believe it is. Jesus speaking. And he said, uh, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Who loves him? The one that has his commandments, his words, and keeps them. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Thank you, Lord. The Bible tells us in Isaiah, what is it, 45, 15 or so, it says God's a God who hides himself. Here we see God's a God who reveals himself. You know, sometimes... Things, passages like that, people say, well, see there, there are contradictions in the Bible. That's no contradiction except in your head. It irks me to hear people elevate their little puny intelligence above the eternal, perfect Word of God. And act like because they can't understand it, something's wrong. No, it just showed up one of the many, many, many inadequacies of your reasoning. All it proves is that you don't understand something, which we already knew. There was a lot you didn't understand. But the word is right. All the time. And nothing in this book contradicts any other thing in this book. If you think it does, there's something wrong with your thinking. Not the book. You clear now? Yes. Don't be foolish about these things. His word is perfect. Amen. I mean, it's like precious metal that's been purified seven times, and heaven and earth will pass away, but this is forever. Amen. Everything he has said is perfect, because he's perfect. And uh, there's been many times in my life that I read something, and I thought, well, how, do, how does that fit? This seems like it's just completely opposite of what this says. And sometimes it took 15 or 20 years. But you begin to say, oh, well, that's no disagreement. It was just my darkness, my ignorance that caused it to seem that way to me. And so let's have some smarts about it and realize if there's any problems, it's not with him. It's not with the word. It be with men. He said, though, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if you do that, I'll love you and manifest myself to you. So the person that says, Prove to me that God is real, show me, and I'll believe, is going to stay in the dark. And to them, God will not seem real, and the things of God will not be real, and they'll not have understanding. I don't care if they got 10 degrees, they'll be a fool, they'll be in darkness. If they say, well, prove to me, show me, that's being arrogant and prideful. we got a whole generation of people that say, well, if you can't show it to me under the microscope, if I can't prove it and verify it with my technology, then it's not real, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and how long have you been around? And what do you know? <laughs> how long have your little technology been around? Listen, the creator of the heavens and earth... Who's existed from eternity past. And through eternity future. Has said it and it is so. And everybody who's a skeptic and unbeliever and rebellious and elevates their intellect above his word. Are going to find out at some point. But many of them will find out after this life and it will be too late. About what a fool they were. How great he is. And how perfect he is. Wise ones believe now and bow their knee now and confess him as Lord now. And if you'll believe him even though you don't see and you obey him and love him even though you don't see it and understand it and can't prove it and can't put it on litmus paper or under a slide. If you'll do that, what did he say he would do? He said, I will manifest myself to you the ones that will believe even though they don't see and obey even though they don't understand these are the people god will be real to put that up in the amplified again please that 21st verse what did he say i will love him and will show reveal manifest myself to him i will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him are you interested in this You believe the Lord could be much more real to you than he's ever been before in your life. Are you hungry for this? It doesn't come to the one that prays the longest and hardest. To the one that begs me the most. To the one that fasts the most. People are doing those things, but that's not what he said do. What did he say? Who's he going to reveal himself to? The ones that love him. Do you love him? How will we know that you love him? You will obey him. What if you really love him? You'll obey everything he says to you. Without hesitation, without procrastination. If you really, really, fully love him with all your heart, you obey him every day. And if you do that, tell me again, what did he say he's going to do? And can you count on him doing what he said he would do? You can count on it. We're counting on it. He said, I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. So it's happening. And as we obey him more fully, it's going to happen more. So we're examining his words in this gospel account of John to work on our part. Do we know what he told us? Are we doing what he told us? Go to John 16. Let's continue with it this morning. John 16. Jesus said, verse 1, these things have I spoken to you that you should not be offended. And we camped on that a couple of weeks ago. He said, they'll put you out of the synagogues. The time comes that whoever kills you will think that he's doing God's service. Why will they do all those things? He said, they'll do them because they have not known the Father nor me. There's a lot of religious people that don't know God. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. You can see it here. And it's just a continuous thing that the Lord does. Was He endeavoring to prepare them for what was coming? Was He? No question about it. He's endeavoring to prepare them. His going to the cross and then Him being raised from the dead. And then the persecution that would follow even years after He has raised. He's endeavoring to prepare them. Why? Because if you know what's going on and you're prepared then you're ready to overcome. Many times if people don't know what's happening and they're all confused, then they're yielding to something they shouldn't be yielding to and they're not resisting something they should be resisting or vice versa. But we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. He'd prepare us for everything that's coming up so that we're not in the blind, we're not fumbling around, we're not you know, zigging when we should be zagging because we know what's going on. Now, he went on to say, he said, verse 5, I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. They were distraught. Because he said, I'm leaving. And this is the third time in as many chapters, the last three chapters, when he has told them. This is how he's comforting them. As he's using the word. Now the Holy Spirit is so many things. But here's the word he keeps using with them. The comforter. They're upset because he's leaving. And how is he comforting them about him leaving? By telling them about the Comforter. Have you met the comforter? Three people. Well, we better work on this today, haven't we? (laughs) Who is the comforter? The Holy Spirit Spirit is the great comforter. Oh, hallelujah. The amplified brings out uh, the multiple meaning of the Greek word here. He said, uh, because I the comforter, then in parenthesis, says counselor. Well, is that help? Is that comfort? When you get counseled supernaturally? Helper, of course, that's comfort. Advocate. To know some you got somebody in your corner. Is that comfort you? Intercessor. Somebody to help you. Strengthener. Does that comfort you when strength comes? Stand by. When you're not enough, he's right there. Isn't he? When you don't know enough, when your strength is not enough, you have power on the standby. Ready. Glory to God. I used to train on an airplane that uh, had APR, they call it. And is actually a button. And it's power reserve. And uh, computers would allow the engines to make so much power. But if you really got in a jam... (laughs) You could push them to the stops, reach up there and hit those buttons. And the computers would allow the engine to just spool way up, make more power. It was in there, but you couldn't get it out until you tapped into the standby. How many know you got somebody in you that has just got all the power that you could ever need? And sometimes you need to hit the button, don't you? You need to go, hey, I need some extra here. Holy Spirit, help me out. I need some extra to get over this. And he's there. Oh, friend. You know, uh, people go through so much anguish and through so much torment and through so much sorrow that they wouldn't have to have if they'd learned to look to the comforter. If they would learn to lean on him. Every believer has him inside. And to those that have yielded to him fully, oh, he's real to you. I say he's not only in you, but he's on you. And he is real. Somebody say he's real. He's real. real. The comforter is real. Back up to the 14th chapter. Chapter 14. And look with me in verse uh, 16. He just kept talking to him About the comforter. He said I will pray the father. And he shall give you another comforter. That he may abide with you. Forever. Now what's he saying to him? He's leaving. So him personally in the flesh is not going to be with them forever. He's leaving. But then he says, I'm going to send you, the Father's going to send you another comforter. Another means they already had one. Who's the one they've got right now? Jesus. But if you look up this word another, it means one of the same kind. Oh, praise God. (laughs) Well, He is not only the Holy Spirit, He is the Spirit of Jesus. He's referred to as the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The Comforter. Should the Comforter, our Comforter, be as real to us and even more real as their Comforter Jesus was to the Twelve and to the disciples? Do we even have a better situation according to Jesus? Yeah, keep reading and you'll see some of the reasons why we have a better situation. He said, even the Spirit of truth, that's who the Comforter is, whom the world cannot receive because it sees Him not, neither knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and shall be in you. The Holy, they had experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit already. He was on Jesus, wasn't He? Remember when Jesus came up out of the river being baptized? The Holy Spirit came on him in a bodily shape and form as a dove. And I mean the fullness of the power and the anointing came on him. So every time they saw a healing, they experienced a miracle, they heard powerful teaching and preaching in Jesus, he's with them. They're experiencing the presence of the Spirit. But he says, here's some good news. He's been with you. You've been around him. You've experienced him. But now, now... He's going to be in you. Oh, friend, this is one of the greatest things that makes our covenant better than the old covenant. Because prior to this, the Holy Spirit was not in us, in them. He came on a few people. And even temporarily at that, He would come on the Deliverer. He would come on the Prophet. He would come on the King. But the average person didn't have the anointing on them, much less in them. Oh, but friend, it was prophesied that in that day, they'll not say every man to his brother, know the Lord, for they'll all know him from the least to the greatest. All oh, glory to God. Glory to and all of us have the spirit of Jesus in us. The Holy Spirit in us by right of the new birth. But also if you'll go ahead and receive him fully. You'll be filled with the Spirit. Speaking with other tongues. And the Holy Spirit comes on you. We can all have the Spirit in us. And we can all have the Spirit on us. 24-7. This is exceedingly far better than what came before us. Keep reading. He said, even the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, he said, verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Did he come? Yes. After this, did the Holy Spirit come on the day of Pentecost? Yes. Has he been here ever since yes. to everybody that will receive him? Yes. Verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. Is he real to you, friend? Is the Holy Spirit real to you? He's here. He's with us. He's in every child of God. Said out loud, he's with me. And he's in, me. And he's, in me. And he's on me. and he's on me. What does he do? According to this verse. What's part of what he does in your life? He teaches me. Say it out loud. He teaches me. He teaches me. All, things. all things. And he brings all things. Brings all things. To my remembrance. Whatever the, to whatever the Lord has said to me. Now that means whatever he said to you through this book. Whatever he said to you in prayer, whatever he said to you through preachers or men and women of God, your brothers and sisters, whatever he said to you anyway or any time, and how many find that the Holy Spirit will bring this to you just at the right time, just what you need, he'll bring it to you. Now, you know, you need to be putting a reservoir of things he said to you inside you for the Holy Spirit to draw from, don't you? If you've never heard it, then it's a little more challenging. How can you remember something you've never heard? So you're wise to be hearing from him all the time. And um, you know, so many times in services, sermons, just like this one today, you'll hear some things and it may not make that big of an impression on you at the time, but the Lord knows two years from now, you're going to really need that word, that phrase, that thought, that light from that verse. And you might not think about it from now to those two years. But when it comes up, the Holy Spirit bring that right back up to your remembrance. And it means more now to you than it ever meant to you. And you see what it means and you stand on it. And it's the key to your victory and you're coming through. Say it out loud. He teaches me all things I need to know. And He brings everything to my remembrance. The right thing at the right time. That the Lord has said to me. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Aren't you thankful for His ministry in your life? Go with me to the 15th chapter. He said it again. See, they're concerned because their comforter says He's going. And man, they just can't imagine life without Him. And we understand that. But He said, I'm not leaving you without. I'm sending you another comforter. Just like me. Another of the same kind. In fact, you'll be in even better shape. How many of the Lord's always getting you in better shape? You'll be in better condition. Why? Because uh, He's going to be in you. Night and day. 15 and 26. says, when the Comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, He shall testify of me. I know years ago I had the privilege of teaching a course on the Holy Spirit in Rama Bible Training Center. And I was preparing, especially in that summer before the school year began, uh, preparing extra on this subject and was really getting stirred up and excited about him. And I was focusing on him being a person. You understand, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. He just took on that shape. He's not a cloud he just manifested like that he's not fire he just meant now when we think of a person we think a head two ears two arms two legs but the holy spirit is not confined and limited to one shape i know that might be tough for us to wrap our head around we says, well it's a cloud how can it be a person he's not a cloud he just manifests and he's taking on that shape but he's a person that means you could talk to a cloud and you could hear from fire. Because <laughs> he's a person. Now I know that's different for our head. But he's spirit. Not confined to corporeal form. Not limited like that. And so I'm learning this. And I'm looking at him. And learning things about his person. Studied every verse I could on the Holy Spirit. And finally one day I thought. Man he's a person. He's a knowable person. Like any person human person only so much greater i pushed my stuff aside i said holy spirit tell me about yourself i i want to know you as a person and he spoke to my heart i don't mean i heard an audible voice but inside me and what he did is he quoted this verse to me chapter 16 this is what he quoted to me he said when he has come he shall not speak of himself i thought okay I asked the wrong question. (laughs) How many of the more ignorant of the word we are, the more wrong questions we're going to ask. And the more we're going to pray wrong. You don't even know how to pray if you don't know the word. You don't know how to believe if you don't know the word. Skip over chapter 16. Chapter 16 and verse 7 He had said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the Prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot take them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. He will guide you into all truth. Here's a tremendously valuable lesson to learn. Jesus at that moment said to them, I have a lot of things I want to say to you. And how many believe they needed to know what he wanted to say? Why didn't he just say it? Why did he say he didn't just say it? Because they couldn't take it. If somebody is not in a place to take it. Should you just say it anyway? (laughs) Like you've never done it. (laughs) You sure know the right answer. But (laughs) what have you done? But here we can see what we are to do. Now don't misunderstand me. Somebody should be able to take it. You remember Paul writing and Peter. Writing to people said, you know, when by reason of time, you ought to be able to take this, even the meat of the word, and you can't take it. He said, you should be able to, but you can't. So whether somebody should be able to or not is not the point. If they can't take it or won't take it, notice what the very next thing he said, but the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. What's he going to rely on? He can't tell them right now. They can't take it right now. What's he going to rely on for them to eventually get it? The Holy Spirit is going to guide them into it. Oh, this is exciting, friends. He's relying on the Holy Spirit to guide them into it, whether it's next week or next month, or if it takes a little time, or get them to the place where they can hear it and they can take it. There'll be times when you can't say certain things to family or friends or brothers or sisters in the Lord or whoever, they're just they not ready for it, they can't take it, they won't take it. That doesn't mean you give up. I said, that doesn't mean you quit. Doesn't mean you give up. What do you do? You say, Lord, I pray that you'd enlighten the eyes of their understanding and by your Holy Spirit, reveal it to them in the right time and way as only he can and rely on him to guide them into the truth. Rely on Him. Can you get in faith about this? Is He a great, wonderful teacher? Can He show somebody things you could never possibly imagine Try to show? Can He get it across to people? He knows how. He knows the way. So we don't just give up. We count on Him. We rely on Him. And not just for them. We rely on Him to teach us too. What did He say? When He has come, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He shall not, Speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. See, that's what the Spirit of God was reminding me of when I was trying to put more emphasis on him. He told me, "Uh uh-uh, I'm sent to glorify Jesus. I don't speak of myself. And so when I said, Holy Spirit, tell me about yourself. And he brought that verse to my remembrance. When he has come, he shall not speak of himself, but he's going to glorify Jesus. I saw it. Okay. All right. All right. So I said, okay, Holy Spirit, tell me about Jesus. And it was almost like he said, have a seat. (laughs) He is the teacher, right? You want to know about Jesus? You want to know about glorifying Jesus? The Holy Spirit is with you now. You know, we have to watch. About making too much of uh, angels. Making too much of men. Putting emphasis where we shouldn't put emphasis. Where should the emphasis always be? On Jesus. How many know He is everything? He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's Beginning. He's End. He's Everything in Between. He's the Author and Finisher of our Faith. He's the Lord. He's the King. He's the Son of God, He's the Son of Man, He's the Head of the Church, He's the Healer, He's the Kinsman Redeemer. How many say, He's everything, He's everything. And who do we make much of? Jesus. Who do we glorify? Who do we worship? Who do we praise? Whose glory do we seek? We seek His glory. And in Him being glorified, the Father is also glorified. We seek his glory. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. Jesus said he's going to glorify me. And he's not going to speak of himself. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Everybody say this out loud as well. Say the Holy Spirit. The Spirit Spirit of truth. The the Comforter is my helper. He He guides me into all truth. He shows me he shows things, to come. things to come. Glory to God. Is he your constant helper? Constant, continuous helper. Oh, thank God. Notice, skip on down to the 23rd verse. This ties in with something we've already touched on. Verse 23. Jesus said, and in that day... You shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, He will give it you. Hitherto, up till now, have you asked nothing in my name. That wasn't available yet, but it's about to be. Ask and you shall receive. I can hear in that phrase, don't do without. Don't do without. You have not. Why? Because you ask not. Don't do without. Ask. And you shall receive. So that you joy be full. These are the words of the master. Do they have power in them? Do they give faith to us? Now if we love him, what will we do? We will do what he says. If he says don't do it, we won't do it. If he said do it, we'll do it. What's he telling us to do right now? Well, back up though. He said, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verse 25, these things have I spoken to you in Proverbs, but the time come I'll no more speak to you in Proverbs. I'll show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not to you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. We do not know how this ought to humble us, enjoy our soul, because we don't really know how big God is. The creator of the heavens and earth is powerful and wise beyond description. The universe we can see doesn't begin to tell of his vastness. And his power. The Almighty, the Ancient of Days. When did he start? Nobody has a clue. He's always been. He never ends. He knows everything. All the suns, the stars of the untold galaxies are kept burning by the power in him and in his throne. All the planets continue in their orbits. You and me and all the animals and plants on the surface keep existing and breathing. Why? Because it's all upheld by the power of Him who sits on the throne. And to understand that He knows you. You. And acknowledges you. And will hear you. That you can come direct to Him. And He will hear you. That's something the angels are still shaking their heads over. That's why the psalmist said, what is man that you are so mindful of him? They see everything he's created. We don't see his glory like they've seen his glory. And that's why they're scratching their heads going, what have you done for this man? Who is he? Because none of them can do it. None of them can come to his presence like you can None of them gets a personal audience and has direct access to the throne like you and me. And you know there's only one reason. Only one reason why you and I have such privilege and access. Can you tell me why? Jesus. Only one reason. Jesus. Jesus. Now, with this in mind, I know some people might not want to hear about it, but i got to say it. Millions of people, millions on the planet right now today, millions of church-going people pray to saints and our angels and see nothing wrong with it. But it's not okay. I said it's not okay. It's not even remotely okay. Now think about this. Jesus said in that day you shall ask me nothing. He said you won't come to me and try to get me to pray the Father for you. Verse 26, are you there? Yes, sir. Verse 26. Let the word be more important than any of your tradition anything you've ever heard. Let the word. Amen. At that day you shall ask in my name and I say not to you that I will pray the Father for you. That's what he meant when he said, you'll ask me nothing. Yeah. He said, you won't have to come to me and say, oh, Jesus, would you go to the Father and ask him if I could get to? He said, uh-uh. No, you're not going to come to me like that. You're going to be able to go directly to the Father, yourself. Just come in my name. And just ask him directly, personally, in my name. And if you do it in faith, he will hear you. Do we know what this... No, we don't know. We we don't really have a, much of a clue, but we can believe it. I said we can believe it. But if Jesus said, you don't have to come to get me to pray for you, then why in the world would we go to some saint or some angel? I mean, if you were going to have to go to anybody, you could go to Jesus and say, Jesus, would you pray the Father for me? And he said, no. No, you're not going to do that. (laughs) But see, millions are doing it anyway. And you know what's involved in it? A fault. Some of it's ignorance. But some of it is a false humility. They're claiming to be more humble than us. That they don't even count themselves worthy. To go directly to Jesus. So they want to get Mary to go to Jesus for us, or Saint so and so, or Saint this one, or that one, because we're not worthy of going direct. Hey, you are trampling over some words here that the Master said. And there is not one verse, not one verse, about anybody praying to any saints. Go to Colossians, please. Colossians describes accurately what's happening here. Colossians, the second chapter. How many accept this verse where Jesus said, In that day you shall ask me nothing? Do you accept what he said? Do you accept that he said, You won't say that I'll pray the Father for you because the Father himself loves you and you'll pray directly to him in my name. How many believe Jesus said it? Is it right? Are you going to do this? Or you're going to say, oh, well, I know that, but that's too great for me. I can't take that. That's false, fake humility and winds up being rebellion and disobedience. If we don't do it the way he told us, it doesn't mean we're humble. It means we're rebellious. Or at the very simplest, confused or ignorant. Either way, we need to get it fixed, don't we? And we need to do what he said. And we need to value what a great thing he's done for us. And not change it, not alter it. Colossians 2, are you there? 2 and 18. Colossians 2 and 18. It said, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head. Who's the head? Anybody know who the head is? Jesus is the head, the head of the church, the head of the body. Not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered knit together increases with the increase of God. Now, if the enemy can't keep you out of church, he will try to get you to substitute anything and anybody in the place of Jesus. Because he doesn't mind you being religious. And it's fine if you want to make much of an angel or glorify a man or glorify a saint or glorify mama or daddy. Did you hear me? Just stay away from Jesus. Because your religion will be just as dead as people that don't even believe in the Lord. If you're doing all this other stuff and have omitted Him. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The NIV, the NIV says, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen. And his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. And the next verse says, And he's not holding on to the head. Listen to the today's English version. Today's English version says, for no reason at all, such a person is all puffed up by his human way of thinking, and he has stopped holding on to Christ, who is the head of the body. The complete Jewish Bible says, such people are always going on about some vision they have had. Don't be distracted by anybody's vision or anybody's experience to where you're making more and talking more about a man or somebody already gone to be with the Lord supposedly or an angel than you are Jesus. Jesus. Amen. I don't care how real their experience was, how amazing it was. Listen, it's a distraction. It's a trick of the enemy. When it comes to angels and when it comes to saints that have already gone on, don't seek them. Say it out loud. Don't seek them. Don't, seek them. don't pray, to them. pray to them. Don't worship them. Don't worship. And when we say worship, I know you understand that, know that. But that includes don't praise them. What does that mean? Don't extol them. Don't talk about them and adore them and make a big deal out of them. You should be doing that with Jesus. Jesus. And only Jesus. Only Before we get out of here today, we're going to take our immunization from the H1N1, swine flu, and this immunization also covers avian flu, Asian flu, dog flu, cat flu, and all the other unnamed, yet to be undiscovered, flus. And everything else. Now I know it sounds a little humorous. But I'm as serious as I can be. We're going to take. A great big double dose. Of Psalm 91. And it will boost. Your immune system. To unprecedented levels. And while you're taking it. You're going to take it for your kids. At the same time, because when you, especially while they're small, you can receive for them just like you receive for yourself. But before we do it, you must not have your faith misplaced. And there are many, many Christians who are actually doing superstitious things. Let's take, for instance, you know, St. Christopher. Who's a patron saint of travelers. At least he used to be. (laughs) Mr. Why say that? Because since nineteen sixty nine he was removed from the saint list. (laughs) I didn't know that. I have a Saint Christopher medal. That's why I'm telling you. You need to lose that medal permanently. Don't give it to somebody. Just lose it. So what's wrong with it? A lot. Why keep it? If you're trusting in that to keep you safe, you're not trusting God. It's a substitute for faith in God. We Christians, we believers should not have any talismans, charms, And he says, well, that's my little angel I keep in my car. He keeps my car. It's from a little plastic thing. Get that out of there. Get that out of there. (laughs) That's my, you know, I have that little little bracelet that I wear. You know, they said a uh, a Native American shaman, blessed those beads. And uh, you better get rid of it. I'm telling you. It's a snare to you. It's a hindrance to your faith in God. You got any faith in that, it's something that you have taken faith out of God and put in that. No blessed beads. No rabbit's foot. I mean, what's wrong with that? Everything's wrong with it. It's like being an unbelieving heathen. People that don't believe in God do stuff like that. Tell me who you're trusting for your protection. Then you don't need any trinkets. You don't need any beads. Tell me who you pray to. You pray to God. The Father. Do you have to get anybody to go to the Father for you and on your behalf? What did Jesus say? Do you believe His words now? What did He say? In that day, He said, you won't come to Me and try to get Me to pray the Father for you. He said, He loves you Himself. You can go straight to Him. In my name. Because <laughs> of what I've done for you. Whew. Somebody say glory to God. <laughs> well, I say, well I don't like that brother. Ke-. Prove me wrong from the Bible. Find me one verse. One verse. That says anything. About praying to saints. Or angels. Are calling on them. No. Don't seek angels or saints. How many remember Peter. When he sent him to preach. You know. And they saw what God was doing to him so powerfully. And they fell down to worship him. He said no no. Get up. Stand up. I'm a man just like you. Didn't he say it. Wonder what if you tried to pray to Peter today. What he would say. Exactly the same thing. What would he tell you. Don't you worship me. Don't you pray to me. He'd say the same thing. The Bible's the same. And angels, John, you know, saw such angels in the book of Revelation when he was getting the revelation. And they are awesome creatures. And when he saw him, even John fell down to worship him, didn't he? And what did that angel tell him? See that you don't do it. Didn't he tell him that? Get up, see that you don't do it. What did he say? He said, I'm a fellow helper. I work with you. I help you. He said, worship God. Didn't he say it? That's what every angel of God would tell you. And anybody telling you something different and trying to get you to call on the names of angels and seek angels or pray to angels or talk too much about angels. It's wrong. I said it's wrong. Our saints, living or dead, either one. Tell me who do we seek. Tell me who we seek. We seek God. We seek to glorify Jesus. Don't we? We worship Jesus. We worship God. We glorify the one the Holy Spirit seeking to glorify. We glorify the one all the holy angels are seeking to glorify. We glorify the one the Father has glorified. Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Find Psalm 91. Get ready. Roll up your sleeve. <laughs> Figuratively speaking. <laughs> Somebody say, why? you about to get immunized. I have to give you a big dose. You don't have to be concerned about any adverse reactions from this one. <laughs> Psalm 91. As soon as you find it, stand up on your feet. Psalm 91. Now, you can just read this with no faith and it won't mean one thing to you. Or you can receive this and it'll actually affect your immune system, affect your babies you believe it or not yeah. so let's do it I'm going to lead you in it I'm going to read the first one out loud and then uh, you're going to read with me parts of this are ours parts of it is God's the first verse says he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow and this includes the shadow of protection of the almighty somebody say that's me that's, me. that's where I live that's where I stay. Now say this out loud. This next verse said out loud. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. And my fortress. My God. In him. Will I trust. Now this is our part. Anytime you feel threatened. You are yours seem endangered. You need to open your mouth. And start saying. What's your part of this? I will say. Can you see that? I will say. If you're not saying, you're not doing. The 91st Psalm. What do you say? Say it again. I will say of the Lord. What do you say? He is my refuge. He is my fortress. fortress. He is my God. And I'm trusting in Him. Not in any beads. Not in any angel. I'm trusting in him. Now he uses his angels. He uses people. That's not who I'm looking at. I'm looking at him. Said out loud. Surely. He will deliver me. From the snare of the fowler. From the noisome pestilence. See these are traps. That the destroyer sets for us. Surely he'll deliver me from all of that. Verse 4. He will cover me with his feathers. Under His wings will I trust. His His truth truth. is my shield and buckler. buckler. Glory to God. Are you supposed to say these things? So, what if something seems to threaten you? What should you immediately do? Get up, get up and start saying it. Don't you? What do you start saying? The Lord is my refuge. The Lord keeps me. The Lord protects me. The Lord delivers me. He's my protection. Because see, whatever you is saying faith about him is what he has a legal right to be. To you in the earth. If you don't believe it enough to say it, well then he's hindered in your life. What's your part of this psalm, this first part? You must say it. Say what? He's my refuge. He's my defense. He's my protector. He keeps me and my family. Come on, say it out loud. He keeps me. He keeps my baby safe. He keeps my children safe. He keeps my family. He keeps me. He's my refuge. He's my, refuge. my fortress. My fortress. Under, his Under His shadow. Under the protection of His wings. Of his wings. I trust. I trust. And, I'm safe. and I'm safe. You believe it. And you say it. And you say it. And you believe it. This is our part. Make sure you do your part. Secondly, notice what your part is, my part is. Verse 5, what? I shall not be afraid. Now this is just as important as the first part. Because it's a Bible principle, it's a spiritual law that your fears will come on you. If you get afraid of it, it can happen to you. So you must not be afraid. How can you keep from being afraid? Because God's my refuge. That's how I can keep from being afraid. Say it out loud. I will not be afraid. For the terror by night. I will not be afraid. Of the arrow that flies by day. I will not be afraid. Of the pestilence. Walking in darkness. I will not be afraid. Of destruction. Wasting at noonday. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. Is this important? Is this your part? This is not something somebody else can do for you. This is not something God's going to do for you. You got to do this. Say it again. I will not be afraid. I'm not afraid of the flu. I'm not afraid of accidents. I'm not afraid of war. I'm not afraid of famine. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Glory to God. Not afraid of tomorrow. I'm not afraid. Why? God is my refuge. (sighs) Keep reading verse 7. This is a bold statement. A thousand shall fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But it shall not come near me. That's 11,000 that died from the flu in your city. But you didn't die. That's the difference. Not your looks, not your color, not your gender, not your education, not your wealth. None of that matters. How many know the flu don't care if you're rich or you're black or you're white, male or female, young or old? The flu don't care. The devil don't care. Disease don't care. What's going to protect you? The Lord's my refuge. Say it again. He's my refuge. refuge. Verse 8. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. You'll see it, but it won't happen to you. Verse 9. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, is my habitation. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Glory! Believe it! Believe, lay hold of it for yourself. Say it again, there shall no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague come near my house. It won't, come. it won't come. In my house. In my house. Why? Why? Because the Lord is my, re- He's my protector. He's my refuge. And I won't be afraid. I refuse to fear. For he shall give his angels charge over me. To keep me in all my ways. And they'll bear me up in their hands lest I dash my foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion, the adder, the young lion, and the dragon. I will trample under feet. Now all these are destroying entities. What's he saying? I'm going to walk over all of them. (laughs) It's taking people down, but I'm just going to walk over it. I'm going over it. We didn't say it wasn't there. It's there. But it can't get in me. It can't get in my house. And I'm walking over the top of it. And I'm coming over it. And when the dust clears, we'll be standing here. Glory to God. And all the glory be to our God. Because it wasn't us. It was Him. He's our refuge. Now verse 14 is not our part. This is God's part. So don't say this. I'm going to read this to you as his representative, what he said to you and what he said to me. He said, because he set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver you. I will set you on high because you have known my name. You will call on me and I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble and I will deliver you. If you believe these words, it's all over. That's it. It's done. Come on, hear the word of the Lord. This is God talking to you. He said, I will be with you in trouble. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what? For being with you in trouble. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. He said, I will be with you in trouble. Amen. Say, thank you, Lord. thank you, Lord. I will deliver you. Thank you say, thank you, Lord. thank you, Lord. I will honor you. How many know it is Him honoring you when other people don't make it and you do? That's Him honoring you, isn't it? Him blessing you, getting you through all this stuff. What else did He say? With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. One translation said, I'll show you how I can save. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. And praise the Lord. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. you. Somebody needs to say, I will not die. I will live. I will live. I'm going to live. And declare the glory of God. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, you can. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. To her that believes. Glory to God. Well, you have been fully immunized. And your babies, and your children, fully immunized. I'm just as serious as I can be. This is not imaginary. This is not pretend. This is more real than any needle stuck in yarn. Glory to God. And God's going to keep us. He's going to keep us in the midst of disease. He's going to keep us in the midst of uh, epidemics. He'll keep us in the midst of economic downturns and recessions and depressions. In the middle of all of it. We'll have our health. We'll have our prosperity. We're going to do the will of God. We're going to raise our families and honor God. Yes. 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 And to God be all the glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.